Oh, I forgot to do that. You didn't hit the mic. Okay, we're going to do it again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the whole point. God, fucking post race. All right, ready? One, One two, two, three. So, Kelly, I hear you met some of our fans at Oceanside. I met so many people. I mean, we have so many fans, Sarah. Obviously. Uh, no, actually, uh, because I think because I told people to yell at me if they saw me. <laughs> A lot of people were yelling at me. I mean, granted, I mean, obviously everyone on course was yelling at me, but people were yelling specific if we were writing stuff. So, well, that's amazing. Do you remember yeah. anything? No. Well, okay. So you know how I, uh, well, multiple people came up and told me they really liked the podcast. So that's good. That's always nice. And, uh, and you know how I told people I was trying not to get laughed by Daniela. So a lot okay, of people knew well, this was my goal and mm-hmm. she was definitely closing. <laughs> there, was, there was tons of people yelling at me that she like, I, I had to pick it up so that I could make my goal. Nice. FYI. Well, that's really fun. Okay. I love the people that go up to Kelly at her races. So I just want to tell everyone who did that. Thank you. And keep doing that. Yes. It was actually so like, fun. honestly, the only uh, upside of the weekend. It was the good part. <laughs> So, that's the good part see you made good you made Kel- you literally made kelly's weekend so thank you fans okay coming up on the show we are going to talk about how to get over a bad race galveston 70.3 gets canceled halfway through the race the appropriate timing of wave starts and what that might be the new all-world athlete slots for kona what the heck and a controversy at collegiate nationals If We Were Riding is brought to you by Noon Hydration. And Sarah, I think it sounds like you could use one of Noon's immunity tablets right now. Ooh, tell us more about that, Kelly. (laughs) I'm actually holding them in my hand right now. Orange citrus, which would boost your immunity system um, since you seem to be having the winter cold. But they also have a whole bunch of products. They have sport tablets and vitamins. And my favorite is the performance drink. It's like the powder you put. I just put it in like a water bottle, sip on it while I'm typing on the computer all day. It's basically the same as like a Coke or a beer. (laughs) (laughs) Except it takes care of your hydration needs. Exactly. What's your favorite flavor? Oh, I actually can't tell you what my favorite flavor is because they're about to come out with a whole bunch of new stuff and it's super top secret. So I can't tell you what my favorite flavor is. You're just gonna have to stay tuned. But I can tell you that all of their products have like super high quality ingredients, like good for the earth, very clean and specifically formulated for women. So. Ooh, I love it. Okay. Okay. Top secret information. You're going to hear it soon right here on the If We Were Riding podcast. Awesome. Okay. And folks at home, you can use the code IRONWOMEN and you get 30% off at noonlife.com. So that's IRONWOMEN at noonlife.com. Live Feisty's If We Were Riding is brought to you by Ass Kicker Inc. Ass Kicker makes active wear for women featuring empowering phrases like work hard, play hard, kick ass. Or strong women lift each other up. Ask Kicker Inc. also makes our fabulous Live Feisty tank tops, t-shirts, hoodies, and leggings. So to order yours, go to livefeisty.com and just choose shop from the menu. And of course, use the code RIDING to save 20%. That's RIDING, as in if we were, at livefeisty.com. And remember, I before E, except if you're feisty. I'm Kelly O'Mara. And I'm Sarah Gross. And you're listening to Live Feisties If We Were Riding.
Okay, so like I said, uh, the high point of my weekend was not the race, right? So I had a pretty terrible race, Sarah, and it was just one of those days where your legs just weren't there, right? The numbers on the computer, and you're telling yourself the computer's wrong, but then everyone's going by you, and you're like, I don't think the computer's wrong. The computer's, <laughs> the computer's not wrong. So I had like a, a really, like just empirically a bad race, but obviously like it was still like fine in the scheme of people. And then Sarah True posted that she had a very similar feeling. She was like out there putting out training Watts and being like, what the fuck? Like, where are my legs? She also fell at the very start as we were running into the ocean. So she oh, had I a, saw those pictures. Yeah. Um, she went speeding by me like five minutes later in the water. So, you know, had on a mission. Um, but Sarah's true bad, Sarah true's bad day. I would have loved to have had her bad day, right? Like that would have been amazing. Cause she still, you know, was 30 minutes faster than me. So it's all relative. So, Obviously, or better Holly, yet. Holly Lawrence's bad day also said she had a bad day. And then you're like, Holly, you fucking got second. Like whatever. (laughs) Or being Daniela and having bronchitis. Right. Daniela post race gave her a little speech about how, well, she had bronchitis and she thought she might be able to race, but luckily it came around. (laughs) Like, yeah, luckily. Well, for you. Okay. I'm going to put, I'm going to posit a theory. Okay. Okay. This is like wildly speculative as we tend to do. What? That, there are probably more issues related to female hormones and racing and training than we currently know about. That was the first thing someone asked me about. Like, cause I, cause I literally just like couldn't, I was putting out significantly less wattage on the brain. It just wasn't there. That was the first thing someone asked me, like, was it my period? You know what I'm saying? Right. And right now there are things that we know, right? Mm -hmm. Like we know that it's hardest for a lot of people the couple days before you get your period apparently Um, that your best phase is the your best phase for racing is the follicle phase so sort of after from day one from the day you get your period for the next kind of two to two and a half weeks is usually your best time for racing um we know that sometimes i mean unhormone related sometimes just like cramps and that kind of pain can slow you down when you don't need any extra pain on race day but i don't know i think there's probably more to learn like around ovulation or things that affect female athletes that there just hasn't been enough research on that we will in years to come find out it is uh interesting because uh yeah i mean all the period shit like none of that was affected that was not what was my problem right right but we were talking about you do hear more from women the women who are consistent and good and like not just a, a basket case you do hear more often that i was out there and i was putting out the effort and holy shit the numbers just like it just wasn't there uh you just the legs did not show up that day we always call it flat right oh i felt flat which is such a weird way to describe that but there's probably something to that yeah there does seem to be a bigger roll of the dice with with women's racing and like as we learned from you know from having stacy sims at the outspoken summit and um all of her research in her book too that there's you know she was kind of the first i don't know what you say the first outspoken right sports physiologist to put up her hand and say hey but none of this research is on women so how do we know it applies to them in terms of endurance sport training and nutrition so I'm just thinking like something that just started, say, with her in the last, five I don't know years. how long she's been going. Yeah, yeah. Five, ten. Yeah. Yeah. There's got to be more to come. 
That's all I'm saying. So you would hope. In the meantime, we're not going to figure it out. I cannot your wait race. yet for <laughs> Stacey Sims research because I have a race on Sunday. So, so it raises the question of what you do after one of those days that's just fucking terrible, right? Where it's just you're like, holy shit, this isn't this isn't me. Sarah True was like, back to the drawing board. I'm going to analyze everything and find out what wrong. And I was like, I'm going to forget that ever happened. <laughs> And move on. So I'm all about the forget it, never happen. Forget it, forget it. That used to be my strategy. Like, just get over it as quickly as possible. Also, the mental boost that I used to get from having a bad race, I would always have a good race after a bad race. So hopefully you get that magic. Um, I did have one of my friends say, well, you can't have it happen twice in a row. And I was like, well, it kind of happened a week. Well, three would be crazy. So (laughs) there you go. (laughs) No, it's not going to happen. You're going to have a great race. So I understand you're going to Peru this week. Right. So we're recording right now on Tuesday because I'm leaving early tomorrow morning, Wednesday. Well, not early, but tomorrow morning, Wednesday for Peru to go to Lima. And I'm racing in Lima on Sunday. So if anyone sees me on Sunday, they should yell at me. Ideally in English. If if we have any fans (laughs) in Peru, definitely yell at Kelly. Definitely yell at me. I will also be at the pro panel tomorrow, Saturday. When this comes out on Friday, I'll be at the pro panel on Saturday. So people should come. Great. Well, the races are all on now, right? I know it's so race season. Weekend this, had, yeah. this weekend was crazy. It was like Oceanside. It was Gallatin. It was like official start of triathlon in the Americas. So yeah. Oh, well, and also um, Ironman South Africa, which is still a championship race, right? It is. And Lucy Charles won, even though there was a shortened swim because she's just, she's just Lucy Charles, right? She just can because do whatever. She's amazing. She also side point here said, I just felt really flat. It was just really terrible. I almost dropped out, but I knew I needed to validate. Glad I didn't drop out. Well, gee. <laughs> right. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, there's something. There's something. There's some- <laughs> Imagine if we had better research and we were all able to perform better. Oh, my God. The women's race would just go, like, next level. It was next level at Galveston, though. Did you see that? Lindsay, like... Lindsay went like four oh Lindsay Corbin went like four oh nine. I want to say Meredith Kessler said she did her fastest seventy point three ever in like four oh six or four oh seven or four four oh nine, something like that, and was fifth. Wow. And Lindsay was seventh, right? Like it was intense. So Galveston was really, really fast until a hurricane blew in. <laughs> yeah. Did you see some of those pictures of literally the timing? What is it? The the big like timing thing at the top of the banner? Arch, yeah. Yeah, like falling down as someone is crossing the finish line. It's crazy. Yeah, it was bad. There, so a hurricane. I don't even know if it was technically a hurricane, but it like blew in while there was because it is a wave race there. Like they still do wave starts. A uh, significant number of people were like there were half the waves were still out. You know what I'm saying? Some waves had finished. Some age groups were essentially done, but many were still out and metal racks were being blown into runners like yeah the timing mat or the timing clock out of the arch like blew out so they obviously had to call it and like get everyone into safety as fast as possible so they literally people were at various places on the course was anyone still on the bike when they called it i think there was still a few because i saw a video of people like rolling in on the bike as like trees are blowing down Um, i think most people were on the run but I mean, the most people, like uh, probably half the people were like a good number of people were done. Most people were on the run. There were still a few people on the bike, but yeah, they had to call it and like, just like get everyone into shelter as fast as possible, which honestly, like when you look at the video, like they had to, but it raised this huge question that no one knew what they were going to do about, um, awards or world championship slots. Like, how are you going to, what are they going to do? Right. Right. So do you know what they are going to do? 
Well, what they did, they told everyone that everybody would, they basically didn't have a ceremony is my understanding. And they told everyone they would get an email the next day. I think okay. it was like two days later before everybody got an email. It, it took a little while. And I, someone was supposed to forward me that email so I could actually see it. But my understanding is what it says that essentially the age groups that were like, there were age groups that were done and the award, not done, but the award people were done. Like the people who would have had slots were done. So right. those they were leaving. And then the ones where pe- not enough, like people weren't able to finish. They were going to like, I think this is what I'm, this is what I think they decided to do. Like stop it at a timing point that everyone had had a chance to get through and like whoever was leading then essentially. Okay. Yeah. That so sounds, but it's hmm. a little weird though. Cause I guess there's not a standard policy on these things. Interesting. Cause this is the second time member at Ironman Texas a couple of years ago. This is the second time in recent memory that something like this has happened. And as we've noted multiple times, like weather is changing so much climate is changing. So yeah. races are often short and swims parts are canceled i mean this has become more the norm they're so they should need have a list up, yeah. of change how to make changes ironman texas a few years ago i feel like they i feel like they held everyone yeah they stopped the race and then restarted it. and then restarted it uh yeah. i remember there was a video of this like 60 year old guy just still out there like trudging through this hurricane running um so i that was weird but yeah i feel like they're going to have to come up with some kind of policy for like what do we do in these situations because triathletes are intense about this stuff yeah well and it's hard imagine you're a runner you, yeah. your strength is running and they cut you off they're like okay the winner in your age group you only have to you only had to run past the 8k mark well yeah and you're the but runner imagine- who just cut, cut- at K four, <laughs> you imagine know. you're a a swimmer, and you know they fucking cancel a swim. Like it happens, yep. right? Yeah, yeah. So, and if you're Lucy Charles, you still win. So, because <laughs> well, whatever. Go. Are we just yeah. gonna shrug it off and say it's just sport? <laughs> well, I mean, to a degree, right? It is. I mean, it is what it is. Obviously, we talked extensively about how like climate change is changing races. This was a little crazy. I this this has definitely not happened like regularly. So I think they handled it like the best they could, but there yeah, was I think also, it, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, as long as if you feel like the organizer is making a concerted effort to make things as fair as possible, then hopefully people will accept it. Right. They won't like get on forums and complain too much, basically. Oh, triathletes would never do that. No. There was also, <laughs> I think, um, even before the storm, like a couple bad crashes at Galveston and there have been bad crashes at Galveston before. I know one of the girls who crashed started at like the very back, like the mm-hmm. very last wave. It was very fast. and was basically having to go through a ton of people and, you know, sw- some hit somebody like she doesn't even remember it. I know that that's pretty much what happened to my husband when he crashed. He is a much faster cycle, right? And he's near the back and had, which raises these questions about like, how do you time waves appropriately? You know, cause like if you start the fast people too far back, you increase the risk of crash. There's just more passing that's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Between like disparate speeds. But if you start, but you also like need to space them out well, or else you get drafting, right? Like that's the other big issue. Everybody always acts like is new and they like just thought of, right? Well, so. like in Oceanside, if you start the pro women just two minutes behind the pro men, that's what happened right? this of year. Of course, the, yeah. the fast swim cyclists from the pro women's race end up totally mixed in with the men, right? Even even I, Sarah, caught three men in the swim. 
Oh, I can remember times actually in Galveston, I can remember me and my mediocre swimming exactly. overtaking like half the pro men's field. <laughs> right. They tried to tell us at Oceanside that it was better. Like we were getting two minutes after the pro men, but then we got eight minutes before the age group men started and that that was better because then we wouldn't get swarmed. Now, granted, I was biking shitty enough. I still got like heavily swarmed. So I can't, I'm probably not a good judge, but I don't, I mean, so I'm sure that helped. Uh, but then the front of the race was totally, the women's race was totally mixed up in the middle of the men's field. Oh, yeah. You got to make it fair on both sides. So it's like kind of, right? but then I, I also recognize, and this is, see, watch, this is me being like understanding of Iron Man. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. I also recognize like at Oceanside, there's a part where the people going out on the bike overlap with people coming back in. And already the, the a couple, there's like five or six of the slowest cyclists coming out in the age group overlap with the very front men. Like this happens every year. And they know that, like they're aware of that. And there's a crossover that happens because of how you go out and back on the same bike path. So if they spaced it out even more, if they started the pros an extra five or 10 minutes earlier, there would be even more of an overlap. You know what I'm saying? Okay. You see what I'm saying there? There'd be yes. even more people. There'd be so more there, people, right? There are issues like this that are unique. Like at, like at Placid, I remember talking to, well, I talked with the race director, but also to Andrew Bessick about like why they couldn't, like if they started us even further ahead, then we would just run right into people on the second loop of the swim, right? So there are like core specific issues that like make timing tricky. It's not just like random people. Like they just like pick things randomly, you know? Yes. Yes, we yes. understand that. I just think when, if, I mean, Iron Man's been pulling back resources from the pro race True. incrementally for a while. Fact. And I still think you need to treat a pro race that has money on it as exactly that and try to create the fairest race course as possible. And like, yes, age groupers deserve a fair race as well. But if there's money on the line, and I don't know, that's a different thing. It is. It is a different thing. Uh, in all fairness, Daniela did beat like most of the pro men too. So I don't know if you can like totally prepare for that. So <laughs> she well, was the- 19 minutes behind the male winner. I think that's right. Right. That's pretty fast. Yeah. She's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Also, she was like jogging it in because she was winning by so much. So. Right. And then also, okay, then we have the other issue, the safety issue. That's where, right. you know, often, or the, the assumption that it happens, I think it happens to the women more than the men end up in the back waves. Right? I because actually, they, I don't know if that's true or not. They, they do, um, well, they used to make like a big effort to, to like always lottery it. So it was like, it would like rotate every year. Like if you did Vine Man every year, it was always just like, and people are convinced they're always in the back, but that's like, they would rotate it. There right. is an effort though, like at world championships and stuff, they really make a concerted effort to like pick how the order of the waves is so that they're like spaced well. Right. So that like the fastest people, and then there's like some like, and then there's like kind of some slower age groups. So it makes, you know what I mean? So there's like a break. They like do try and do like the math to like spread them out. So I don't know if the women always go last. There actually was a period where you very, like when I was my last year age group, we almost always went first because it like made sense to put the fastest women's age group right after the pro women because mm-hmm. we probably weren't going to, I mean, I would catch, catch some of them, but right. it wasn't, I, we weren't going to catch the, we weren't going to swarm them. And so right. it made, but we also were going fast enough that like, it was worth giving us like a clean. So it actually like kind of made sense. So, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, they definitely got issues around wave There's starts. all kinds of issues. Fairness. It continues. I know. So. I know. I love how everybody always is like, oh, I just thought of this as if. 
you know, this is people haven't been talking about this and doing the math and researching it forever. But right. Since the dawn of time. Okay. Well, I don't have any solutions today, but I'm going to start thinking about it again now that race season has started again. There you go. Iron Man also did announce, well, one of the things we've asked about many times is what if you just had like an elite wave at the front or like Mm -hmm. a mass start for people like Kona qualifying, right? Like you could do something like that. We've, we've asked about this many, like brought this up. Yeah. I think that's one of our reasonable ideas. We have having an elite amateur wave. We have, we have some ideas. So they announced something this week that is like a little bit like that, but not exactly like that, Sarah. Okay. Tell us what it is like. So they are going to have an AWA all world athlete, which is the thing that you get. I think it's four or five Ironman races and they rank you. And then if you're in the top, what is it? 5% or 10% of your age group, you are deemed all world athlete. Go you. And so they're going to have, they're testing this out at Ironman Louisville in October. They're going like the all world athletes will be allowed to start first. Louisville's um, like you have to jump off a dock. So it's not like they're going to get their own wave, but they can go first. But most importantly, there are also going to be special AWA Kona slots, like extra, like there'll be the 40 slots allocated per whatever the secret fucking formula is. And then there will be 26 more slots, one for each age group, though I'm assuming some will be reallocated when the age group is empty, that will go to the top AWA person in that age group who didn't get a slot in the first allocation. Okay. People, it's actually very interesting, Sarah. So, okay, I have questions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my first question is, where are the 26 extra slots coming from? That was my first question, too. That part has not been... Uh, elucidated, right? Like there's been a lot more information. That question has not been answered. I just know that when we, when we tried to get equal slots for the pro women, right. Well, three, since they told ago, you yeah. that there was no more room, there's been like 400 more people added. So yeah, we were told there's no more room on the pier. Literally I counted it. I think last year or the year before there was something like 250 people yeah, added a, yeah, since yeah. we were told there was no room for 15 bikes. Um, but I'm glad they found room for these 26 extras. That's great. I think, I think it's coming from some of that lottery slots that got kind of, you know how the lottery went away? Yeah. Didn't they fill those slots though already? Yeah. Then they like kind of put some of them in like the foundation dream drawing raffle thing. But I think some of these are coming from some of that or from the legacy. That's my like, I don't actually know because I don't a hundred percent follow like the lottery and the in the drawing but that was my guess but that was also my first question we should find out where these slots are coming from mm-hmm. 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 okay so what do we think about this overall like is this a good idea what what is the point of this all world athlete slots situation well the point is for Man to make more money that is uh, <laughs> non-cynical thank you analysis. thank you for your amazing insight <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i think it's actually not a terrible idea a lot of people were going like a little batshit because awa which side point Iron Man pronounces it AWA, not AWA, which I think is really weird. Kind of a funny word to pronounce. Okay. But I pronounce it AWA because it's a fucking acronym. So the problem, like if AWA was purely a performance-based system, then that, then like, it actually kind of makes sense. Like, cool. Like you're essentially creating an elite amateur wave. You are in essence, like kind of creating an omni. I'm like somebody who consistently is like third or fourth, like has an extra chance now to qualify for Kona. Like that actually is kind of cool, right? Like the problem of course, is that the actual math behind like the AWA formula heavily benefits people who do more, more Ironman races. Um, you can certainly be up there 
if you're just like really good but you can also be AWA if you just do a lot of races and so it's like a combo what's the word performance it's a combo performance loyalty program and so I totally get that like Iron Man wants to reward its loyal customers it's a business that's fine but that is where it gets weird because then you're like oh are you just give are you essentially just giving people a chance to like more or less buy their way into an extra chance at Kona and that's like where people start to lose their shit but I actually think this has the groundwork to be really like to make sense and be cool. And I think it's also they're testing out the idea of like kind of a pseudo elite wave kind of like, what if we, what if ultimately that you qualify for Kona, there's a way to do it via the AWA ranking at the end of the year. So it is Omni like, like that some slots are awarded that I think they're like testing some shit out, you know? Hmm. Yes, I know. I just, I mean, from the point of view of, I don't know, inclusivity and fairness and all of that i mean it just it does smell like something again like that you can buy your way into like you said that that makes it more accessible to people who have more money no um, you also could just be really good at like two races that's your you other could, option but yeah. it's and it's it's or right so you you can't come forth you probably can't come forth at two races right but you can come forth know. at four races you know it, it's there's definitely yeah. a yeah. factor of um, the people who can afford to travel more, go to more races, yada, mm-hmm. yada, are going to do better on this. Of course, you can still qualify just like one off, win your slot, like end of discussion, you know, mm-hmm. that's still an option. So the poor people have to be better. <laughs> so the poor people, I mean, isn't that always like, let's be super fucking real. That's always true, right? In society. Oh, but I want sport to be fair and accessible, Kelly. Dude, everybody thinks everything's fair. Like, let's not even go off about like how it's not a fucking meritocracy. The world is not fair. People just want to believe that it is. So. But is it not something we should strive for? Well. (laughs) Well, I was like, I don't know how much we want to get into this. (laughs) Okay. Philosophical discussion aside. Coming up after the break, there was a controversy at collegiate nationals that kelly is going to tell us about we would like to thank noon hydration for supporting the podcast get 30 percent off your order by using the code IRONWOMEN at noonlife.com that's IRONWOMEN at noonlife.com and don't forget to order your feisty gear at livefeisty.com with the code riding to get a 20 percent discount Follow at If We Were Riding on all the social medias and leave us a review on iTunes. Also, tell your actual friends in person how awesome we are, because that works too. If We Were Riding is a Live Feisty Media production and is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our marvelous editor is Aaron Hamilton. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race in a titty to do this. Show you what the truth is. I step on the field, it's time to get real. I'm feeling so ruthless. Okay, so it really is full racing season because even collegiate club nationals, which is like the big one. Like I know NCAA will eventually be the big one, but right now the club nationals is still like the big one that all the teams come to was this past weekend. So Okay, and I gotta tell I, I, you, I, and, and UC Berkeley, which is where I learned to try, won overall Ooh. for the first time since I was there. So Amazing. Well, I know I the Collegiate Nationals has a special place in your heart, um, but I understand that the final, what do you call it, results had a bit of a controversy around them. 
Right. So here's the deal. Queens University, which is one of the schools that has an NCAA program or a varsity squad. Sorry, because it's not actually NCAA yet. A varsity squad. They actually have a men and women's varsity squad, which is like most places only have the women right now. Yes. Uh, They were heavily leading, heavily leading going into the final event, which is the mixed team relay, which is I don't know if you've ever been to Collegiate National, Sarah, but collegiate nationals is kind of a shit shit right it's all up and down there's like elite athletes who are essentially pro or like ncaa like very not ncaa because you know technically legally they can't but like very very good uh and then there's also people who like this is their first olympic distance triathlon effort right so it's all over the place so mixed team relay and when you say mixed team relay is it the same format as like in the olympics Yes, because okay. USAT is trying to make this a thing, right? They've been trying to make okay. this a thing for a while. So it has a tendency to be very, like, varied. Like, some teams are very, very good, and some are, like, very not. So anyway, so Queens was leading going into that last event. They actually, I believe they won the MTR by, like, over, like, a minute and a half, over a sprint, right? Like, that's quite a bit. But then then the Colorado team filed a protest because one of the Queens members had sleeves on his jersey. <gasps> oh, my God. Sleeves? <laughs> Which is actually, like, apparently against the, like, is technically against the rules, but, like, the rules for collegiate triathlon are so, like, they've been revived, like, they're, you know, heavily edited, very confusing, very confusing, and, um, and evidently, like, many people wearing, like, I mean, not many people, but there were other sleeves in the competition, right, because it is still collegiate triathlon, people have uniforms from different years, (laughs) like, it's still all, and it obviously raises the question, like, if that's, clearly not allowed like why wouldn't you just tell the person at the start standing there like you can't wear sleeves you know that's right. like i feel like the big like give, give the guy a chance to tuck his sleeves in right so anyway they did get dq'd they're still appealing the dq as of right now i believe but they got dq'd and that obviously changed the whole results because then they got a zero for that event for like the overall competition so they ended up fourth or whatever and colorado moved into second overall in berkeley won so people are, there's up and down and there's obviously a lot of like bad blood between different teams and college teams. And there's a lot of like, well, they have a varsity program and like, you know, Colorado and Berkeley like don't. Right. Uh, so lots of drama. Lots of drama. Okay. I'm going to say the same thing I said, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we talked about the sternum rule and we talked about rules in triathlon. Oh, yeah. reiterate my point uh-huh. <laughs> for anyone who organized races, if you're going to enforce a rule, enforce it equally to everyone sarah sarah what did we just say what was our philosophical discussion we just didn't things aren't fair okay the world is not fair and i'm not (laughs) accepting that i am going to make the world a better place kelly okay or a more fair place we don't know that it'll be better people can tell me to stop my town my crown we know what it takes to be reaching the top we're reaching the top we're reaching the top we know what it takes to be reaching the top